Hello and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast, Up at All Hours. There's only three of us tonight, so we'll ramble on about the last two games and all things QPR. I'm joined by club historian and someone I've known for a very, very long time. And he's talking to us on Zoom, far his toilet, Chris. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Chris. How are you? Oh, boy, I don't know. <laughs> I'm all right, mate. Don't you worry. You're a secret state with us. No one knows you're talking to us from the toilet. I'll, we'll keep that to ourselves. All right, mate? You'll be fine. <laughs> and also, probably the most unluckiest QPR fan in the last week regarding not being able to get the matches, been down to go, couldn't go, tweeted about it. George Sexton Kerr of Talk Sport fame. How are you, Georgie? Are you coping being isolated? Yeah, what an intro. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I mean I've coped I've coped okay, I suppose. It's it's nice to know that I'm coming towards the end of this uh, prison service. Um, very unlucky, considering that um, I also didn't get through to the um, I didn't get tickets even when uh, we were allowed back into Loftus Road for those couple of games during the halfway period during lockdown. So I was honestly I couldn't look forward to something more the Millwall game. Oh, and as I said to you boys earlier, I live just a stone's throw away from Leighton um, from Leighton Orient, so I would have been there as well. So a bit of a nightmare to catch COVID and sit inside for the last ten days. But here we are. I get to see Chris on the toilet. And um, your beautiful living room. Well, it's more like a dining room with me. We love this roadside and, and flowers, fake flowers behind me because obviously we're florists and you have to just pretend you like flowers. Um, yeah, oh, love flowers. Keep forgetting the recording. Um, no, it, it's, I, I did feel for you, George, because last week I did feel because all the build up. Sorry about this, Chris. Well, I'll bring it a week later. I don't know if you see it, Chris, as well. There was a build up George was doing on Twitter. It was like, freaking can't wait. This is going to be great. Blah, 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 blah. They got Charlie in to talk sport. And he was, and then all of a sudden, COVID devastated. And then, yeah. I just felt for you. It was horrible. It was heartbreaking. You know what? It was quite funny. One of the first messages I had when I tweeted, "Oh no, COVID!" Literally two days before the game, uh, someone tweeted me just saying, "Why are you interviewing Charlie?" Literally two days ago, I thought, "Thank God, thank God, I did that interview the week before." And you know what? He was actually set to come in to talk sport on the Wednesday before the game. Um, and then he couldn't make it because he had some other arrangements with his kids. But thank God that that didn't happen. Like, it would have been a weird time. Like, I didn't know I had it then. And anyway, just let, let's just let's all, let's say that I'm pretty happy that I didn't bring down the season before it even started. But you will be at the Barnsley game, I presume. Yes, I will be at God the Barnsley game, yeah. Good. Which leads us on to... Oh, by the way, we are, just for everyone, listen, we are going to do patrons and we are going to do all that sort of jazz because... We've been doing it for years and we will do it. But once we learn how to do it, we'll bring it back. Um, at the moment, we're just very much just doing the podcast on Zoom. But we've actually got premises. It will be back to how it was once we, once we get to go ahead and, and sort ourselves out. And um, we can all do this while we're getting drunk, which is much more fun. Sounds a lot. Sober podcasts are good, but they're not as good as the drunken ones from many years ago. They were fun. Please get me involved. Oh, mate, once I was so drunk, the engineer turned me off. <laughs> I don't blame him. Chris, what did you think? Did you, By the way, George, did you actually see the game Saturday or did, at all or just well, highlights? 
I had to see the highlights. This is a nightmare as well, because I kind of thought that he'd have the same arrangement as during lockdown. I, I messaged the club and said, look, unfortunately, I had to give back some tickets as well because I bought some extra ones for a few mates. Um, you know, unfortunately, I can't make it. Is there any chance that I can um, uh, get a stream instead with my season ticket? And they said, well, no, because it's the return of the normal, you know, three o'clock kickoff rules. We can't stream anything unless it's um, outside the UK. So couldn't get a stream anywhere. Was desperately looking on Twitter, of course, like everyone else. Um, turns out there probably wasn't uh, the the links that everyone was was sending me. They're all just weird little dodgy pop-ups and, you know, um, porn ads, which, you know, weren't a bad watch, but, um, you know, at three o'clock, I wanted to get the two seconds of QPR. So, uh, no, I couldn't watch the game. I had to sit there and watch highlights. And, you know, I was just kind of, like everyone else going off Twitter, really, just like running commentary from other bedroom weirdos like myself. Oh dear. Chris, what did you think? Last night. The game started. Oh, the game started. We'll, we'll start with Saturday, then we'll go on to Orient. I'm going to it's try that... and have a run in order. That's not chaotic and goes in complete <laughs> meltdown of chaos. <laughs> yeah, Saturday, I thought, you know, after the Leicester and Man United game, obviously, you know, the way that we went at sort of Fast tempo, good passing, and all that. I just felt we know what Millwall are like. They're just going to come, come at you, and there's fans behind them, and all that. I just thought that, you know, I thought we could just sort of settle down a bit, and uh, you know, I just felt we were. Uh... Well, he's muted himself. <laughs> it's just, it's just us, Chris. Unmute yourself. This is brilliant. This is why I love Zoom. <laughs> This must be. This must be George. A talk sport. This must be your, the bit where you stop banging your head off the wall. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, this happens a lot more than you think it would. A national radio station. Even we don't really know how to work Zoom out. And it turns out that someone like Harry Redknapp, who comes on every what, like you know, by by monthly, um, Harry Redknapp turns out he doesn't know how to use Zoom either. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a beautiful moment. Actually, one of my favourite moments recently was um, Andy Cole joining us. And obviously his daughter must have been on Zoom beforehand. You know, you can add a little setting where you're in a different yeah. background. Andy Cole joined us from the moon. He joined us literally live on air from the moon with Earth in the background. He did a whole 10 minute interview <laughs> from the moon, um, uh, which was kind of perfect because we were trying to tell him in his ear, but obviously he doesn't have a clue what's going on. So uh, yeah. That's brilliant. People have been said I've been on the moon for years, but I would disagree. Chris, can we hear you again? Do you reckon, Mister? I'm mate, I'm back. Yeah, good man. So, oh, thank God yeah. for that. So yeah, Mill game. I felt obviously we know what Mill were like. They're going to got the fans and all behind them. They're going to come at us for that certain style of play. I thought they just sort of unsettled us a bit. It was Leicester and the Man United games? We had more time to play, and we, you know, could sort of. You know, I agree with what Birch said on your previous podcast. You know, sort of we get a bit of optimism, don't you? A bit of optimism for the season. And you know, half hour in, you're thinking Birch is right. And being a Rangers fan, you you know that you can sort of be let down a little bit. You know, so we get your hopes up for our season, and then obviously we came back in. It. Dicky scored his wonder goal, and sort of got us out of trouble. Just you know. But do you know what? I mean, I don't know if any of you watched the Bournemouth. And West Brom game. I was very optimistic that I watched West Brom against Bournemouth and I was like, well, they look a bit good. West Brom looked very good. And then I thought, I'm not going to, you know, it's a championship, it's a championship. Everyone starts off well and by Christmas, it's just chaotic and everyone beats everyone, blah, blah, blah. But I thought West Brom looked very good. But then I thought we looked just as good. 
Um, but Millwall, to be fair to them, I mean, why should they turn up and let us beat them? I mean, they've got no, you know, we've got the right to beat them, but they they done their homework on us pretty well, I thought, and they they snuffed us out as well. And you know, it's it was a fair result in the end. You can't, I, I wouldn't be disrespectful to anyone. They they done a job on us, and them taking the lead kind of just threw everyone off. off the end, you know? Yeah, and do you know what? It? But we've got, you know, but the, the weird thing is, you kind of, you can see that we are going to get better. We will, you know, on the possession side of things, we, we will be a lot more dangerous. We can cut teams apart. And just to, you know, as it would happen, you know, the, the 3,000 or whatever it was, Millwall fans, and thanks to the, um, I mean, I know they had to do it, but the walk around White City Estate was lovely, back home, back from the crowd as well, to, to the ground. I, I, my steps went right through the roof of that one. So um, that was good. And um, yeah, it was. So you didn't. I mean, I don't. You you guys thought George that there, but I thought letting three thousand away fans of any club in for the first time given the season is insane. Um, yeah, after all these COVID times, but it, it it went. I thought went reasonably well. Went better than I thought. Yeah, there's a few little skirmishes. Obviously, Oxbridge Road, Shepherd's Bush Green. Yeah, I saw that in Twitter. A lot worse, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've seen some pretty horrific uh, scenes with Mill turn up. Um, so for a Saturday, the first Saturday, three o'clock, Millwall at home, first game that everyone's back. It didn't look like it, you know, it didn't go too badly. Um, I think on the pitch, it was, or you know, I watched the highlights back and, you know, seeing people tweet about it. It seemed like, you know, maybe the occasion got to the players a little bit. It seemed like they just came out a little bit slow and, and didn't expect, or maybe, didn't, you know, after the two games he had against Leicester and, and Man United, expected um, Millwall to probably come out a little bit slower themselves and they came at the game and um, you know the last couple of times I've seen them at um, Loftus Road they're always just big and strong and like first to every ball and do the basics right seems like that's what the last couple of managers have, have kind of drilled into them um, and we're saved by a little moment of magic by Rob Dickey who just keeps getting better and better doesn't he I mean you look at the stats of him and Device as well for that first game just absolute blocks, just like Easter Island heads at the back, just getting everything out of the box. And then also watching him step out into that kind of midfield role and, and look a bit Maguire-esque for us, like he does for, for England. They just, they look comfortable. They look confident and comfortable. And, and I think it's just time. Uh, it'll take a bit of time getting a little bit, you know, further into the season for other players just to kind of step into their roles a bit, you know, Chrissy Willock, um, and maybe just turn it on a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I think a draw at home against, you know, everything we've been through and what everyone's waited for, first game back in the stadium, a one-all draw against Mill at home isn't the worst. Um, no. You know, I think QPR were, were all ready to be let down for that first game, weren't we? Well, I think the, the, the ghost of Birchin haunted us on the, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he was right. And I was sitting there thinking, I just wish he'd stop now because he's so right. We've... I mean, as he was talking, I was remembering when we beat my head at 4-1 and then we lost to Southampton a few days later That's in right. the FA Cup. Yeah, and you're kind of right. thinking, do you know what I mean? It's exactly, do you know what I mean, like, Chris? You're kind of like, how many one times... 1-3-1 at, uh, at Liverpool, our first win at Anfield, I think Easter Monday, I think Derby were bottom of the league, played them on the mon Monday and we drew with them. So it really struggled, you know? So it's just, it's Rangers, isn't it? Mill it's Cup the final. to kill you. Exactly, like, yeah. Hang on a wee second, hang on a wee second, Chris. I don't care if you're the club historian or not. That is never talked about, all right? I know we've got them in the next round, and I don't care what anyone says, but 
It, I'm not even going to mention that when we're doing the previews because it didn't happen. It never happened. <laughs> Something went wrong after Anfield, and then it all went a bit strange. Apparently, they we'll gave up the cup. Edit that out. Edit it out, right? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> wish I could edit that fucking Sunday out of my life for the rest of it more. But never mind. Never mind. We'll visit that that pod. We should do like a pod one day and just exercise the ghost of that one and just get everyone around. But I'm scared that we'll all jump through windows or something. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you know, because that is the most virtuous thing, actually, that 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 final, if we ever talked about it. That, yeah. You know, that kind of like, if anyone can find a way of, I think, a quote fucking it up. We will, and that was royally fucked up that one. But hey ho, I'm a drunk milk for 35 years, so I don't, you know what? I don't fucking blame you, you know. I mean, it's, it was just, I yeah, just, just shite that was anyway. But what I liked about Saturday was, I don't know if you've seen this, George, in the highlights as well. The way the team stuck up for each other, there was a few meaty challenges going in, and where before Rangers had kind of looked at the floor and not got involved, they were, they were looking after each other. The role that Charlie plays is so important for Rangers. The way he just brings people on, the way he talks all the way through the game, how he just takes on the, the, the you know, gets in the ear of the Millwall defenders or any defenders he's playing against. He must be a flipping nightmare because he looks always. And we've needed that, Chris and that, and, and George for so long. And I'm just wondering, you know, what the tick, how we went from the team spirit we had last season to when bringing Charlie in and everything else and. It's just brilliant to see, even last at Orient, you know, that, that's a game that Rangers would have lost a couple of years ago, probably 3 or 4 nil. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, um, uh, you know, talking to Charlie, I've been lucky to, to you know, work with him a few times over mm. the last kind of six months. Um, and the way he talks about the squad and the way um, he spoke about when he first turned up and, and the kind of reaction he got from fans and players alike, he was that kind of final little piece in the jigsaw and maybe that's, you know, more so off the pitch than on the pitch. I think he really, um, he said he's got a great connection with Dykes. You know, as soon as they bumped into each other, they just got on like actual as friends. And I think they need you need that as in strike partnerships and as forwards. And I think he also, you know, he spoke very well about all the young lads at the squad. And it may be, you know, they just needed that bit of direction from a few older players. And I think you're right. You know, also the scenes we saw, I know we'll come on to our game later, the actual game, but Device sitting in the stands with the fans, you know, he's been given the day off by Warburton, a few of the senior players have, and, he's, and you know, he's there sitting with the fans instead, rather than with his feet up at home watching the game with the family. Yeah. Whatever. He's, you know, I'll be honest, it wasn't as cold as I think he thought it was going to be. Did you see the puffer jacket he was in? <laughs> well, he's on a trek to the Arctic. He's going on with that. But yeah. I think it shows, like... Or what I've felt the last couple of seasons is we've had some good players. We've had some, you know, easy standout player for us, and and Freeman before him, and we've had some very good, you know, I think for our level, some little kind of mercurial talents. But there's been a bit of a lack of identity, and that's maybe not so in in the style of football, but just the kind of team that we are. A lack of togetherness, you know, we folded at times when we shouldn't have, and and you know, there's been that kind of like thin veil of like you know us and the fans but it's never really been that or hasn't felt that real because there's so much kind of turmoil going on at other parts of the club this season feels like you're kind of gelling the best bits of all those little things together you know even with um you know uncle albert there as well you've got a proper fan in the in the squad so it's all kind of gelling together and i think that's showing in the results that we've had when we probably haven't played the best the last two games 
but we're coming away with a draw. We're coming. We're not losing those games. We're not capitulating after we concede. Um, and I think that showed uh, in that Millwall game definitely. That's what I love. George was that. Sorry, Paul. Um, in the Millwall game. Um, Sonny was having a bit of a row with Wallace in the penalty box and Device just came in, pushed him out of the way, just shows that they're all together. It gets the fans fired up. That was good to see, you know? Yeah. Do you know what? I, I've, 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 I've ruined someone's night. I went, my mate Steve Kettle bumped into him. I was in for a wee while and they were in the pub and it was like, of course, penalty stood out for him and of course to say, when was the last one? So I'm thinking, oh, it must have been Grimsby when Alan McDonald scored. And then I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. It was Vauxhall Moses. <laughs> and I stayed it, and the dirty looks I got from three or four QPR fans was frightening. I was like, do you know what? Must remember in a pub, never to mention Fox and Wilders, but I'm, Chris, maybe I'm wrong, but was that our last pub? Yeah, I'm not. Jesus. People are going to, I'm going to get trolled more now on Twitter. Jesus. Milk Cup final and Fox and Wilders, I'm not helping myself. But I am right in thinking that it was Fox and aren't I? The last penalty shootout. Uh, uh, last penalty shootout was, hang about. Bristol City at home in... Uh, oh! 19, you didn't even have to mention it. You didn't even have to mention it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is Swindon. why we get people like Chris on, because he knows these things. Go on. Yeah, we beat <laughs> Swindon at home. Uh, Bristol City at home in LDV Cup 2002. And before that, we lost to Cardiff Football League Cup 1999. No, oh, 2002. On. It was Vauxhall Motors off the top of me, I'd run it. So, no, yeah, I think was 2000. Yeah, so we won our last three penalty shootouts. We lost the three before that and we won the three before that. So, Grimsby was like, um, Grimsby was our fourth penalty shootout ever. Oh, okay. And the first one was in Athens, wasn't it? Athens, 1976, 77, UEFA Cup, yeah. Well, at least I got one, right? So, yeah, 1988, you won. We played Derby. Um, and we were the first team to ever go through in the Football League Cup without scoring a goal because we drew nil nil on both legs. We won on penalties 5 3, as we did last night. So, uh, you You're teaching me something tonight. This is a little bit before my time. This is lovely. It's quite nice. But, but this is what history is. This, is. this is the thing. People always say to me, oh, you know, because uh, I'm old. There's no two ways about it. I'm old. Don't and, say um, Come on. Uh, Chris, nice I, I think. Chris isn't that far behind me, to be fair. Anyway, not said anything, Chris, but at least you've got your hair. Anyway, so... Yeah. We're, we're, right, sorry, just someone's trying to ring me. They can... Right back in the room. Sorry, someone's just trying to ring me there. So you, you, you're kind of getting all these kind of things going about history, but I think people like listening about history, Chris. I think the, 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 club, the role of a historian at QPR is actually really important because we... We have got a history. I know we joke about this, that and the other, but I think for a club our size, Rangers through the decades have punched well above the wheel at times and done things that you'd never expect for a club of our size to do. So how did, I know how you became the historian sadly after death of Gordon Macy, but are you proud to represent the club in that capacity? Of course you are, but tell us what happened. Uh, definitely, it's, you know, it was such a proud, proud moment when I got the call to say that I got the role because obviously Gordon's someone that I've respected for a lot of years, read all these books, all the stats. It's been like a godsend to me over the years, um, researching every day, looking at all these various stats. And even before that, Derek Buxton in the programme, he was he was a 
a great historian of the club and it's sort of uh, such a proud moment just to be able to carry on with what they've started, you know, the legacy of it all. And so, you know, we've got such a fantastic history and I'm hoping that obviously like the younger generation will sort of carry it on in years to come and embrace the history as much as like our generation does, you know. It'd be fantastic if we could do a historic evening sometimes and themed players and stuff at the club. We've got something that could happen in the future where people yeah. can come and learn because there's so many things like Reg Allen, the story of Reg Allen is pretty amazing. There's all yeah, these yeah. things that young youngsters like George can learn from, whereas old fogies like me are just like passing the baton on and stuff. But there is, I mean, we have got a mad history. Our club is in stain at the best of times. You look how many grounds yeah. we've had. Um, how many kits we've had, and et cetera, et cetera. We don't even agree on the year we were formed. I mean, I think it was 1886. On the back of the shirt, it says 1882. What do you think, Chris? I tend to, I've always been, Gordon always, and Dave Robinson, who works at the club, they did a lot of research yeah. into that. They, they sort of discovered, really, it was definitively 1886. So it was Christchurch Rangers, 1882. St. Jude's Institute, 1884, and the club. Queen's Park Rangers, 1886. Because if you if you do any research on it at the British Newspaper Archive, you won't hear any mention of Queen's Park Rangers before 1886. So for me, it's 1886 as Queen's Park Rangers, but sort of the birth of QPR, you know, 1882, sort of, you know, the, the origins of it. But I'd say 1886 for me. I think I think the story I remember. I don't know if you've heard this one, George. Was it our chairman? You know, Jim Gregory at the time just thought, oh, we could make this our centenary year for the cup final as well. And um, it just it, it went from it to two from there. So, but typical again, with many things with QPR, we don't agree on anything. So, some people say it's E2, I say it's E6, doesn't really matter, really, I suppose. But you know, for but for historical nerds like yourself, Chris, I'm sure that's quite an important thing. When I was a kid, it was always 1885. If you bought your Panini football sticker book or away programmes, it was a QPR year formed 1885. Where'd that come from? Because it was a mug, they used to sell mugs with it on. That's right, and penance. And then, as you say, Jim Gregory, when we reached the cup final, he thought it was a nice tie-in, FA Cup final, centenary, 1882, changed the badge. And that's how, that's how it sort of came from there, really. Yeah, you so, see, the listeners tune into this podcast and they think they're going to hear whinging. And they do, but they also hear that. Now, last night, um, oh, do you, do you know, I feel terrible doing this, George, because I'm, I'm kind of rubbing your nose in it, and I really don't mean to. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, because I can feel it through the telly. So, please, carry on. It's pretty good, wasn't it, Chris? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great atmosphere. It was. Sorry, George. It looked, <laughs> it, had, it had all the hallmarks of, like, a proper um, cult game. It you was, had, yeah. You had the whole whole side of the ground all like right in front of the telly. So I was watching the watching the fans the whole time, the away fans. You know, you had half the stadium full of QPR. I know Leighton's a small club, so it's always going to be like that. But you know, it's practically like some weird kind of training home match. Um, you're so close to uh, you're so close to home, really, for a lot of fans, aren't you? It's only the other side of London. You're um, it's it's the first midweek kickoff of the season. It's the first cup game. You had, it looked like you had a really good kind of atmosphere in the crowd as well. There was no negativity, even when we went, you know, it went to one all. And then the first final moments of the game, Albert Adoma coming and proper shithousing, you know, like that is like drawing to Leighton Orient. And by the way, very lucky to go and get a draw there. Like that should, yeah. that should 
penalty. I think that was a penalty in the in the kind of all day long. Yeah, um, to get that draw and then to kind of do it on penalties, you know, look, I, 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 I'm fully for the for judging a game at full time, right? It's a cup game we've gone through, so it's fine. I, I, you know, let's you're allowed to panic in games. You're allowed to feel like we haven't played so great. But you're allowed to have those games, but for him to be literally shirtless uh, in the crowd after that is is something special. Do you know what I mean? That's something that people are going to talk about for years to come. You know, it makes a trip to Leighton Orient a trip to Leighton Orient rather than just any other random cup tie. It's going to be... It's good. Sorry. Sorry, Chris, go on. Um, no, you go back. A lot of people on Twitter like complaining, saying about what Albert did and oh, you've only beaten a, a League Two team and uh, etc. What about COVID? But here's a guy who supports us. He's been away from us for 18 months. He hasn't got the play in front of us. He scored the winning penalty, so that's all connected to what happened. And as people look at saying, oh, look at Tim Pot QPR, look at Albert celebrating, but that was a culmination of all the fact that we've missed them, they've missed us. First away game back, and it was like, it was sort of like the old days of connecting with the players. I thought it was great, you know? Great it, it to see what happened. I think I think it's like you know people having a dig on Twitter. It's just that's just like football Twitter, though, isn't it? It's just so nah, poisonous, and people want to grab anything they can to have a go at anyone. Nah. That if you're a proper football fan, I think that's the perfect moment oh, for you. Brilliant. It's football encapsulated. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Playing, celebrating with a fan who's playing for the club finally, the first time he's playing in front of all these fans. You know, I think it's magic. I think those are the things that we that we end up talking about. You know that we're that, as I said, you know, we talked about that for years to come. What a ridiculous moment, um, you know, just scraping past the League Two side and there's down at Doma with, you know, nicking a scarf <laughs> off a fan and, uh, and being marshalled away by, uh, by stewards. You know, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I'm, I'm all for the football moments. But give me that any day over some of the things we had in the Premier League with some of the mercenaries. They just oh, yeah. came and went and didn't really... I always look at it's stuff that Steve Russell always said to me. Is he always looks at what people done for QPR? Well, a lot of them didn't do a lot actually. They took the money and they went. And you know, fair enough, they're not going to turn it down. But they could have tried a little bit harder, blah blah blah. But give me an Albert Dilma, give me a Birch, give me a Gallon, give me anyone like that any day who will prepare to do that and show what it means to them. And also, brilliant. Why not? You know, why know not that. jump into the crowd and enjoy yourself? Why not go crowd surfing? You know, I know, I know it's COVID. But who cares? It meant the world to him. That's a brilliant thing. I think it's magic. Question, you know, for people to be saying that um, the modern day player is isolated from the fans and they're not connected. So you get something like that and then she, how can you complain about it? It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I think it was a, a really beautiful moment and I quite like the fact that it overshadowed that he had a bit of a stinker. He didn't really have a great game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that miss, that miss in, what was it, the first, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, like that was... That was Ben. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, he did have a bit of a stinker. So I think it's perfect. I, I, I think it's one of their beautiful kind of football moments. And you're right, you know, give me that over some of them. Oh, you know, I'm trying not to swear on this podcast, but some of the lot that turned up for us in the Premier League and some of the scenes we saw there, you know, as I said, I kind of I said it earlier, having some players that you, you know, relate to is pretty massive, I think. And I think that actually is, is what should... Or, maybe what we've lost in football, but it's like, you know, the essential part of what a club is, is that you just relate to the players and, you know, that you don't, you know, you're allowed to have a bad game. Players are allowed to have a bad game if they're kind of showing those things. 
But you know what made my heart sink a wee bit in the premier years? And, you know, this exercise goes a bit. I remember, Chris, and you know this yourself, George, when Rangers players used to walk down from the tube station and chat where to the fans. And then all of a sudden, they started putting out, like, you know, like a walk-in sort of thing with sexting it off so they could walk in. And I was like, this isn't Rangers. This isn't, this This, this is not good. I, I don't like this. Back in the end, didn't they? Yeah, and I thought, you know, it's sort of, but yeah, that's I mean, good. They've gone back, you know, pre-COVID now, the players, they're very accessible, you know, they park their cars and they walk up, get selfies with the kids, autographs, so it's, hopefully it'll go back to that, you know, in the times to come. So it's a I lot better. It's good too. Sorry, go But on. it's also nice. No, it's just nice to see, because I, I hate it that, George, you know what I mean? I mean... You listen. You work in talk sport. You you meet footballers all the time. Nine out of ten times, most of them are happy to talk to fans from. I would say championship clubs. Maybe the Premiership players are a little bit different. I don't know. I'm presuming this because the way they're treated by their clubs and it's like fans are this and fans are that. But I think it ranges. The players respect the fans, and I, I, I like that a lot. Let me tell you something. A big part in Charlie signing for us, you know, because I spoke to him. You know, I, I did little silly things trying to take the piss and trying to get him signed. I wrote that fake contract that I stuck up on Twitter mm. and a few other little bits, just trying to make him feel a little bit less threatened by me following him around the office. Um, but you know, we spoke privately, and and he spoke about how you know kind of blown away he was by the reactions coming back on loan, and you know, people tweeting. And, you know, not in a weird way either, because I think there's a line to overstep that kind of barrier of, of uh, you know, personal space and, you know, whatever it is, especially online. But, you know, like people treating his wife well and people, you know, genuinely interested in him as a player and, and as, uh, sorry, as, as a person rather than just as a player. That's a huge part in the reason that he signed. He came back because he felt loved. And mm. I think when you have that genuine connection, not this kind of weird, like, you know, automated tweets and uh you know weird football twitter world when he's being stopped in cafes by qpr fans just wishing him well and all that kind of stuff which he has been i think that's the stuff that makes um players love it more play for the shirt more it makes us support them more it makes us that connection greater and um i think it's a big part of why i believe that we'll be successful this season i've got to help you right i mean I said it the other way, I'm happy to win the league, but I'm also happy to give the place to the Premier League to somebody else as a nice little gesture to make us that bit more of a community club. Because the idea of being the Premier League again for another season and, and getting twatted and then having more mercenaries. I love hopefully. I mean, before we go on to ours end and stuff, what do you guys think? Do you think we have learned the lesson? I mean, do you think we will continue this structure even if we were some high to go up? And, you kind of hope they don't throw it all away and do what they did again. What do you think, Chris? Do you think they have learned from what you I think they have learned, yeah. I, I think we've definitely got... I mean, there's calls last season about going for the push and you go on social media and people saying about going for... you know, but Spending loads of money. But I think it's good that we keep to that structure that we've set in place and not, not get carried away by, you know, going above our budget. I don't know the ins and outs of the finances at the club, but it looks to me now like they've, you know, got a good plan in place there and I just hope that that carries. You know, if we have a little bit of a blip in December, January, that fans don't start saying, you know, and I hope we just keep keep to that plan, try and bring players through, you know, academy. 
Yeah. Hopefully under 23s, maybe get someone coming through from there. I mean, you only have to look at a bit, uh, last night. It was absolutely brilliant, you know. So, you know, he looked, he looked, you know, didn't look out of place. I know it was against the League Two team, but I'm pretty sure that he can, you know, do a role, you know, be pretty good for us. So. Yeah, I think it's those kind of Premier League years for me were, you know, that was when I was a teenager as well. It was like, you know, cemented my love for the club even more. Going up, the way we did, Warnock, you know, had some proper characters in and around the squad. We had Taraps, we had, you know, just players you could fall in love with. See all that dismantled so quickly and for no reason as well. I think it left us all as QPR fans in shock for a few seasons. You know, I think we were all mm. enjoyed the ride. I think we all enjoyed going back up with Harry and, and all of that. But really, that season in the Championship, like, did we, did we enjoy it as much as that first time? I don't think so. There wasn't as, you know, it felt like a, it was still a circus, wasn't it? It was still a circus of a club. And I think, you know, the two kind of things that, that pained me about those times is that was like, you know, our time in the sun. We had that kind of all that madness going on, which was a little bit embarrassing. And also the shirts were pretty rubbish. I thought that it's really annoying. Looking back, I wish that, you know, our moment in the sun, we had some nice shirts. Having the little like Malaysia Air, like, Airlines or the yeah, Gulf Airways. Yeah, the weird, that rubbish badge and the kind of the tacky, like, you know, I'm all for a bit of a tacky kit if it's yeah. done in the right kind of way. But the lotto kits were weird. Mm. Just like all of it, every bit about it was like, you know, we... The fans weren't, were we? No one really wanted to be this boutique club, but we, you know, it felt like we were dragged in that direction. And I think you're right. I think they've learned their lessons, and I don't think we'll be doing the same. Hopefully, uh, um, if we have success this season, which, as you would lead into there with Patash last night, got some good, got some good young players coming through. We look like we're, you know, actually trusting in them. And I think Les is, is doing, um, you know, he seems confident in, in working out, you know, some. Some wrong moves he's made and not going down those avenues again. Well, I mean, we said it during the pod time. I mean, we've we've got a few things wrong in this podcast, as you will do, as famously everyone reminds us on Twitter when someone says things as they should and they can do, no problem. And I think Les has proved that he is learning. And we've always said that he will learn, he will make mistakes, the whole structure of the club. But I'd rather have honest mistakes than dishonest mistakes. And if we do make mistakes, I do believe hopefully now they are honest. I mean, the one thing that sticks in my mind is when we got relegated or, you know, that game at Reading when um, I think we were all probably relegated by then anyway or whatever, and your man was going off the pitch, the single just laughing, and that that broke me. That that just, I can't connect with that sort of thing. I don't care even if we, we lose, win a draw, as long as you see the players curving. And I mean, I, I, I looked at the reaction last week when Millwall scored, and they were flipping raging. Do you know what I mean? You can see it with Jordan, you can see it with... Charlie, you can see the team just growling and straight up and, and ready for it again. And I, I, I prefer that rather than the heads going down. So I'm hoping they've learned. I'm praying they've learned because you don't need the splash to clash in, in the Premier. You can do it a certain way. But then people get bored like Burnley. They'll stay in. They might not do this. They might not do that. But then if we learn from Charlton and ourselves and other clubs, you know, be careful what you wish for sometimes because when you lose that, it, it you know, you spend way too much money. You don't get to sell the club back for 20 years. You know what yeah. I mean? And, that, and and I hope that never happens again. And by the way, I used to hate that badge. That is the stupidest badge we've it, ever had. That worst. Oh, it was an abomination, wasn't it? Like, it, it had like seven badges in one. <laughs> it's like there was obviously, you know, we were sort of four-year back paster <laughs> of, of what that, you know, backroom staff were like. But, 
you just probably had seven different people all with an idea and they thought, fuck it, let's just stick it into one like a Frankenstein. It was, oh, it was horrible. It looked to me like someone had a really bad acid trip and that's what they, they thought. The <laughs> London bit and everything else on it is like, I know West Ham would, would try and do this whole London thing, but you know, we're not London, we're QPR and we're very, yeah. we're very proud of that. We don't need to be London. You know, with W12 for pride, I, I don't like this idea of trying to find a team to represent London. Who cares? We're QPR. That's all that friggin' matters in my book. Now, have have you thought of an hour's end? And then we'll go down to the, the um, preview for Saturday. And Chris, have you thought of an hour's end? Uh, yeah, just wanted to say um, what a great job of the video tribute on at the Millwall game. I thought it was uh, one of the most touching moments I've seen at Rangers over the years. I thought you know, two, three minutes it went on for it just brought home how many people we've lost, you know. There's people on that screen that are family, friends of mine that I've lost, you know, um, like Dave Hills, Kathy Dyke, people like that, you know, that mean a lot to us. And uh, I just thought it was a great, great moment, you know, in, in you know, the media team and that did a great job there. Yeah. yeah the, I thought it was my old friend Gary Martin was in that as well. Um, yeah. Horrible. But brilliant as well, and, and and wonderfully done by the club as well. Yeah, and keep yeah, nearly calling. Sorry, go on. Just want to add as well. Um, do the historian role. I just wanted to thank all the various messages I've had from people that I know, people I don't even know, messaging me. Just means that means a great deal and the support that I've had from everyone. That's been great. Um, thanks very much. Because you're obviously retro QPR on Twitter. Just for people who yeah, don't know. Yeah, trying to do my job here as a host and feeling dismally, <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving it my best shot here. I, yeah. I, I, I said, and I'm sorry for my um, bad grammar messages, wishing you luck as well, Chris. I'll probably get you trolled now. I do apologise. Um, but I think no, it's I brilliant. Think. I've known you for a very long time, Chris, and the, the role of historian couldn't go to a nicer or more qualified person than yourself, big man. So well done in getting it, and um, you'll do the club proud. I know that for a fact. Appreciate that, Paul. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. I see I can be serious sometimes. George, I can nearly keep calling you Fribbin Luke, but then again, I'm on here as Chris Charles, so what the hell is he? Does that kind of mad podcast? Sorry about this. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. Still using a work Zoom call. I'm, uh, I hope they're not listening because I've nicked the work, uh, a mic from work as well, so everything's been nicked here, but I am, George. <laughs> I can confirm. Brilliant. Brilliant. What's your eyes in, big man? What, is, what, is, what are you asking me here? Sorry, by the way. I, I hate to... What are you asking for? Oh, me? Ours end. This is, this is good because new listeners, and we will get them, we can explain. Is anything else you want to add on to the podcast? If you want to thank someone, our stuff has caught you. You're right about QPR that hasn't really been mentioned in, in, the, in the Twitter sphere or anything like that, that you just want to throw in. You don't have to. If you want to throw something in, you can. Mm. If you don't, can't think of anything, you don't have to. Yeah, I'll tell you, you what. You can uh, thank Talk Sport for your mic. Um, no, I won't be doing that. Don't worry. Um, they, this, this will be going back on Monday and uh, it will not be known that it has been here. Um, no, I, I hear you. Thank, uh, David Yates, uh, who's a QPR, long-term QPR fan that I've been going with for years. Um, and he was a good friend of my dad's. Uh, I've been going with him and his daughter, Phoebe. Uh, David has done a few little QPR documentaries and stuff he's he's featured on a few little things i don't know if you guys have met him or you might have seen him in the kind of qpr world but he's born and raised in um in shepherd's bush and uh i suppose just a shout out to him i go with him most times we've had a couple of random ones that we go i ended up waking up at my ex-girlfriend's in uh, new cross 
in South London on the day of the Millwall game. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try, walk down, try and get a ticket. And I got one of the last tickets. And then as I'm there standing in the queue, behind me is David Yates. And he thought exactly the same thing. He was in Peckham for the day and we both had one of the greatest away days I've ever had, which was that uh, 2-1 away win a couple of seasons ago. It was so beautiful. So just a shout out to David. And if you're listening, mate, um, can't wait to see you for the next, uh, for the Barnsley game and share a little um, scotch egg and a pint. And I think that's someone who I'd like to get on the podcast as well. Or we'd like to get on the podcast. It's not my podcast, it's our podcast. So I think he might be a decent guest. He very much would. Um, yeah, he's more mental than... Um, he's actually... Well, he's one of the most beautiful uh, characters you'd ever meet, right? So calm, so lovely, so funny. But you get him in the stadium and it's like he'll just lose his mind. He'll lose his mind and you see it. But like at the kind of at the things that you don't normally lose your mind at, you know, like not what everyone else is shouting. It's like the ref's done and you'll hear him smashing the seats about 10 seats away from you. Um, a beautiful character. And yeah, I'd love to hear him on this uh, on this podcast. We, we should sort that out. My RZ is actually quite quick. Um, I was seeing what happened to poor old Dave Thomas last week. He got pulled by some council official. Dave tells a story on Twitter if you want to follow his threads, but basically he was in a sticky situation, but it's okay now because what he's doing is perfectly legal, as it should be. And Dave is, again, one of the most important fixtures at QPR. I love Dave. I think what he does is brilliant. I think just by a fanzine, even if about once a month, it doesn't matter. It keeps him going. And, you know... If you lose these things because of the digital age, you never get them back. So I think it's brilliant. We've still got a fans at QPR and someone like Dave, who's so passionate about it. I mean, God help him. He's on National Express yesterday, down the lane, back to Manchester, and then all this going on at the same time. So well done, Dave, for sorting out with Hammers of Council. Hammers of Council, really, behave yourselves. Um, it, it's just an amazing read. And the other thing, I don't know if you noticed as well, um, Chris, two people I love seeing it, Maureen, um, last night. Tommy Collins, who I have not seen for donkeys. Now, people might remember Tommy. Tommy used to get everyone going on South Africa Road back in the day. And it was lovely to see him last night. And Mark Lazarus was there as well, which is brilliant. Mark was there. Because he played for Leighton Orient as well, didn't he? He did. And I remember getting Mark on a few years ago on the podcast, and he hadn't talked about QPR for years. And it was an amazing podcast. If anyone gets a chance, they should go back and listen to it, because... Some of the stories Mark tells about that side in the 60s and that, though, is just amazing. And again, historically, uh, just really good to find out more about our history and stuff like that, though. And, um, you know, little third division club as it was then to win the League Cup. Jesus yeah. Christ, amazing. Now, we're playing Holland Saturday. I was quite surprised they absolutely tonked the crap out of Preston. Um, what do you guys think? I'll start with you, um, George, not Luke. What do you reckon? <laughs> um, it's, I'm trying to be ever the optimist, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think if I think we've worked a few things out over these last couple of games. Um, you know, we kind of we didn't see our first full starting eleven, did we, against um, Leighton? And I think it was a chance for some squad players to to prove themselves. And I think the the players that did stay in the squad, Dickey and Barbe, and you know some of the more um, senior players, I think they showed maturity and showed that kind of level of, of focus. So I'm ever the optimist. And I think um, I think even though we're away from home, I think, you know, seeing uh, Stefan get back in the side, Charlie get back in the side, hopefully, hopefully chair will be fit for the game. I think that's one thing that we were missing for the against Millwall, wasn't it? Obviously, we were missing his kind of... I think he was program. COVID. He might be isolating for a while, but I think he might have been a COVID. 
Not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure when he's out. Obviously, I'd, I'd love for him to be back into the side because I think that kind of showed against Millwall how much we actually miss him. And I think it proved a lot of doubters from last season wrong. You know, there are people still kind of questioning him because, you know, I think Easy left quite a big void when he left. So people questioned whether he had that, you know, ability to step up and kind of replace him straight away. But uh, if he's back and with some of the players that um, look pretty accomplished in that uh, late in game, I'm pretty confident. I want to go into every game with confidence this season. And, you know, for us to work things out and still get two draws, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. But, do you know what? I knew this would happen. Every podcast, every podcast, Snoopy has to have his say. He's a big fan of Batash and Kerr. He'd love to see them play together. He's just trying to explain it all. Um, dear listeners, I apologise. Snoopy, he just can't help himself. He, he's he's ruining if he was just, yeah. No, I, I, I think Derry did a great job, Snoopy, but yes, thank you for that. Can't remember what Ali Forland did either. There you go. Um, sorry, guys. Chris. What's, we're all oh, dying to know. What's at the door? Yeah. It's actually, it's actually a co-op delivery. I apologise. Oh, it's all going. I, I, um, all other brands are available. Yes, I, I I was very lazy. I live near Sainsbury's, but I ordered my gluten-free stuff. There you go again. Anyone playing bingo? Um, yeah. Chris, Hull. Yeah, um, I'm going for a one-nil Rangers win. Uh, I think really? uh, last visit, yeah, I think our last visit might have been as I got a couple of penalties that time, and yes. I'm mm. going to go for Dykes penalty one-nil at Rangers. I think oh, we're just. Huh? Um, I just fancy it's just the Knicks something up there, you know. Probably been a bit they, too optimistic, but you know, I think we'll have good support up there. Despite, I think they're charging thirty-three quid a ticket, which Joking. I think I think that's what we, we're charging them. So I think oh, I think to do with it, but I think we'll still take a few fans up there, and I think we'll nick a result. I'd love to see Championship clubs get their arses together, have a meet up, and sort of uh, a mutual. Well, 2025, you know, I understand clubs are going to make a living like everyone else has been a hard old time, but 33 quid is just a nonsense. And I, I don't care if we charge it as well. It's bloody wrong. It, it's it's wrong. There's no, if you want to encourage kids, if you want to encourage families, you're not going to do it charging them prices. And we've got to just get together championship people and sort it out because it's just, it's just a nonsense. Seeing, you know, and I, I know there's not going to be any seats. I know all that. I know they're going to say, like, but just make it, a sport for the fans that we could afford to go to because train fares were expensive and that and stuff like that. Though it just it really doesn't help. But yeah, I, I I'd like to see reduced prices. But I think I don't like Brad McCann because he's a Linfield fan. Um, and and my team's from Northern a team called Glentoran, and we despise Linfield. And Linfield are linked with Chelsea, so I think you'll all agree with me that they're horrible. Um, and any Linfield QPR fans as this podcast, I'm not apologising. Um, so I don't like him. I want us to smash them. I think I'd like us to. I, after they've gone running rad at press, it'd be nice for us to get a nice 2 0 away solid win, however it comes, and just keep building because I think with this team, win, lose, or draw, we can't lose not backing them. We've got to back them every game, home or away, whatever happens, because. I think they're a different they're a different animal to what we've had before, and I think they do respond better when we're there with them, supporting them. As children of Albert's going to go, as you said, without the fans, you know, Dickie 
clearly love seeing the fans out Saturday and getting that absolute screamer. I mean, you are know, any defender, but the Roberto Carlos of Shepherd's Bush, I know it's different <laughs> positions people before they get to be into, but I know this, I'm just saying. And, you know, it means so much to me. So I, I don't want us to, to lose faith, have us all this hope and then turn on them because that doesn't help anyone. We've got to stick with this. We've got to see this through. And with doing that, I think we will have a, a, a great season. Starting away on Saturday, yeah, 2-0 up to Rangers and that'll be a great way. Chris and and I keep nearly calling you Luke. I hate myself for this. George. It is right there in front of my face, though. I, you know, I'll give you some leeway. It says it right under my face, Luke Scanlon. So, sorry. Mine sorry. says Chris Charles. But mine says Chris Charles, and you haven't called me Chris once, so you're obviously a far more professional person than I could ever dream of. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> but listen, guys, thanks for joining me on the podcast. And... Um, People come back to us and thank you guys for listening as well. And it's been brilliant having people say nice things on Twitter and not so nice things. We, we, we appreciate everything that's said about the podcast as long as people appreciate it. And um, thanks for sticking with us. So come on, you guys on Saturday. Another three points we'll, we'll, won't go amiss. miss.